Welcome to this Brewery Pro podcast. This is a part of Hot Products Australia's 2021 Virtual Harvest Program. Today, HPA's Owen Johnson chats with Quality Manager Peter Hamilton and Lab Coordinator George Webster on the topic of quality assurance, covering what the certifications mean and the steps taken to guarantee quality in the final package. Stay tuned for a special Q&A with Nathan Kelman, Brewery Manager at James Bogue Brewery. If you'd like to skip straight to the Q&A, check the show notes for time codes. G'day. Welcome to the labs at Bushy Park Estates, Tasmania, Australia. I'm Owen Johnston, Head of Sales and Marketing for HPA. Joining me is Nathan Cowman, Brewery Manager at J Bogan Son, the local Lion Brewery here in Tasmania. We're going to dive into the science behind quality management with our quality manager, Peter Hamilton, and our lab coordinator, George Webster. We take pride in our hops and the beers you make with them. That's why we have a no-nonsense quality management system. It's ISO 9001 and HACCP certified, so brewers can be always assured that they're going to get high-quality Australian hops. Quality starts on the farm. We have a team of around 20 people spread across the business who are tasked with maximising the quality of our hops from the bind through to the final package. And this lab is the centre of it all. We have labs on each of our farms and they have a pretty high throughput over harvest so it's important that our methods are easily repeated and very robust. In the lead up to harvest, the quality team moved through every single garden three or four times, taking a representative sample of hop cones from the binds to determine when each variety is ready to be harvested. This is done by regular analysis of gland fill, cone weight, dry matter, alpha acids, beta acids and oils. G'day George. G'day AJ. G'day Nathan. G'day. So we're heading into harvest. Um, what are the key indicators that tell you that a variety is ready to start picking? One of the key indicators is um, the accumul maximum accumulation of alpha acid with the maximum accumulation of oils. Um, so it's a process of metabolite accumulation that occurs through hop cone maturation and that's through from the flavonoids to the beta and alpha acids um, to the sesquiterpenes and monoterpenes and then finally the thiols. We also need to consider dry matter and cone weight to achieve an economical yield. When a variety is ready to harvest, it goes through our standardised production process to ensure the hops meet our specifications every step of the way. Nathan, the first stage in the process is picking. We conduct extraneous matter tests regularly throughout each shift. This involves separating the hops from the stem and leaf and weighing both. The results of these checks are generally under 1%. If it starts to creep up, we know we need to adjust the speed of the picker, the speed of the fan or the angle of the dribble belts to get it back down again. So how deep do you need to fill the kiln here before you start the process? We uh, fill the beds up to 600 mils. Um, we fire the burners up and they come up to 65 degrees and then we dry the hops between 8 and 12% moisture. This can take anywhere between eight to 12 hours. So we check the moisture levels after eight hours, then more and more frequently from that point on until they are in spec. So I've seen the operators waiting around here through the hops. How do they measure the moisture level during kilning? Um, they use a, a moisture meter 
and they walk in a diamond pattern across the floor and so they're measuring from the centre out to the extremities of the kiln floor. As soon as the probe returns a reading within the target range, the burners are turned off and the floor is cooled. And then the kilned hops are dropped into the conditioning floor where they rest for at least 12 hours to allow the heat and the moisture levels to distribute evenly. So what happens to the hops next after that 12 hour period? We press them into bales that have strict temperature and moisture specifications. Moisture must be between 8 and 12% and temperature must completely stabilise before we transfer them to our warehouses. Any bales that don't meet these specifications remain in the processing facilities for corrective action. We allocate a different lot number to every pallet, which is equivalent to 6 by 110 kilogram bales, and conduct auger sampling on every lot number to confirm it is in spec. So this year we have a new lab set up next to the bale press so that we can get results for alpha acid and oil contents in a much quicker fashion. That's got to be really good for quality, doesn't it? Yeah, so it means we're producing hop storage index values for every bale that comes through, uh, which will give us better quality outcomes in the blends. What sort of lab methods do you use to analyse your auger samples? So we use a few different um, pieces of equipment. Um, in the past we've used lead conductance value to produce alpha acid uh, content, uh, but we've since phased that out um, for sustainability reasons. Now we use near-infrared spectroscopy, which is much safer and more efficient. We've been running NIR in parallel with the ultraviolet spectrophotometer, distillation and moisture analysis to continuously improve the accuracy of our model. The UV spectroanalysis gives us our alpha and beta acid values as well as our hop storage index and the distillation apparatus gives us our oil content. But this is a relatively slow manual process that takes around three hours per auger sample whereas NIR is faster, indirect and only takes around five minutes per auger sample since no analyte extraction is required. So with the NIR we've been able to increase the number of oil contents we can produce from six samples a day to 60. And we now have the capacity to produce oil content and HSI values for every bale during harvest on top of alpha content. NIR is also employed for all our pre-harvest analysis. Nathan, um, once, once the bales are in spec, um, we use digital thermometers to measure the temperature of the pellets and also throughout the process. So is there a point in this process where it's really critical to maintain temperature? That would be where the powder passes through the dye at which point it should be a maximum of 55 degrees Celsius to make sure that the pellets hold their shape in the final package. We also conduct hourly density checks for the same reason. Then once they've been cooled, the pellets are packaged into oxygen barrier laminated foil pouches from which the oxygen is evacuated before being back flushed with carbon dioxide and sealed. The seal is currently checked by visual inspection and a Hague leak detector to make sure that there are no leaks that could lead to increased oxygen levels in the foil. And we use a gas analyzer to test the carbon dioxide and the oxygen levels within the foil. So you've got a really strong focus on maximising the benefit of your hops in the finished product. There's often a long time between when your hops are packaged here and we brew beer with them. What do you do in that period to make sure that you know, the quality of the hops is maintained? Our packaged hops are transported to warehouses across Australia where they're stored between 0 and 5 degrees Celsius until they're called up by the brewers. We have long-term relationships with our warehouse contractors who all have climate monitoring systems in place. 
We also include them in our annual internal audit to ensure the conditions continue to support high quality in the final package. I think you'll agree. The way brewers use hops has changed significantly over the years. It's more important now than ever to understand the information we present from our quality checks. Every box has a lot code that links back to a certificate of analysis. It's the COA that has a standardised presentation of information relating to alpha, beta, oils, moistures. It's a way for brewers to measure slight differences year on year or lot by lot so they can adjust their recipes accordingly. The lot number also allows for complete traceability from where the hops were grown to how they were sprayed to when they were harvested and how they were dried. This level of detail ensures we adhere to the chemical guidelines of countries around the world. Every aspect of our quality management system is designed to ensure only the highest quality hops get into the hands of brewers. We're continuously investing in quality improvements so that you can get the absolute maximum flavour out of our hops and continue brewing and drinking consistently delicious beers. Hi, I'm Peter Hamilton, Inventory and Quality Manager for Hop Products Australia. And I'm George Webster, Laboratory Coordinator. Thanks for showing an interest in our quality management system. We are keen to show you how this system is vertically integrated into our business so we can consistently offer brewers high quality Australian hops. At HBA, we are committed to quality. We have a no-nonsense quality management system that is ISO 9001 and HACCP certified. Certification from independent testing institutes ensures our hops are held to the highest quality, safety and responsibility standards. Our production process is subject to regular internal and external audits, so we continue to uphold these standards as well as identifying opportunities for improvement. Hop Products Australia is certified to ISO 9001-2015. We are certified to HACCP, kosher, we are allergen free, GMO free, irradiation and fumigation free. All these certificates are available on our website. ISO stands for International Standards Organisation. At HPA, we are certified to the ISO 9001-2015 standard. ISO 9001-2015 is an international standard for quality management. Certification guarantees we comply with regulatory processes, product and service requirements. It improves brewing experience by ensuring products meet expectations. The standard is based on the Plan, Do, Check, Act, or PDCA model. Plan stands for review where we are, where we are, want to be. This includes brewer requirements and risks. Do, implement our plan with correct training and equipment. Check stands for measure how we have gone, check we did what we planned, act, review our performance and use what we learnt to improve for the future. The PDCA model creates a framework for continual improvement. HPA is certified to HACCP. HACCP stands for Hazard Analysis and Critical Control Point. It is a science-based system that identifies, evaluates and controls hazards to ensure food safety. Some of these hazards include biological, chemical, physical, allergen, quality and regulatory hazards. HACCP is compliant with other domestic and international food safety management systems. Because of the HACCP system, brewers can have complete confidence 
that our hops are safe to add to their beer. HACCP is based on seven key principles. First principle is hazard analysis. We identify the hazards, the severity and the likelihood that it will occur. The second principle is CCP determination. We categorise the hazards into what we call critical control points or CCPs or control points, CPs, based on the severity and the likelihood of the hazard. CCP critical limits are set for all our CCPs and CPs that allow enough time to correct before the limits are reached. We establish a system of procedures and records to monitor our CCPs and CPs. Hot Products Australia has a system of corrective action if monitoring shows a CCP or a CP is not under control. This system identifies who is responsible to correct, what action to take to re-establish control. We also have procedures that verify a HACCP system is working, for example, lab testing, internal and external audits, physical assessments, etc. HPA has a documentation system that show HPA's HACCP plan has been effectively managed and implemented. Some examples of these documents are our HACCP plan, meeting minutes, product descriptions, hazard analysis, corrective actions and HACCP training records for our operators. So HACCP is focused on prevention rather than relying on end product testing. We receive our ISO and HACCP certifications from Standards Global Services or SGS. SGS is the world leading inspection, verification, testing and certification company. They ensure our products, processes and services comply with international standards and regulations. Certification from an independent testing institute provides brewers with objective assurance that our hops are held to the highest quality, safety and responsibility standards. HPA is kosher certified. Kosher is a term used to describe food that complies with the strict dietary standards of the traditional Jewish law. HPA is audited annually by Kosher Australia. Kosher Australia is widely recognised as the leading kosher certification body in Australasia. Stamp of kosher approval by a rabbinic agency verifies they have checked our hops, production facilities and processes to ensure all ingredients, tools and machinery have no trace of non-kosher substances. Certification authorises us to use the kosher symbol in our literature and on our packaging. There are three steps to kosher certification. Firstly, we complete a certification checklist that provides Kosher Australia with key information. Kosher Australia then audit our sites. They then determine the condition of certification based on the checklist and the audit. Our allergen statement verifies we have checked our hops, production facility and processes to ensure all ingredients, tools and machinery have no traces of the following allergens. Gluten containing cereals, other than those that are present in beer and spirits, crustacea and their products, eggs and egg products, fish and fish products, milk and milk products, tree nuts, sesame seeds and their products, peanuts, lupulins, soybeans and their products. On our website we have a GMO statement. Our GMO statement verifies that our hops are neither genetically modified nor have the resulting hop products come into contact with genetically modified organisms or GMOs during the production process. This statement is made voluntary and is subject to relevant fair trading laws which prohibited representations about food that are false, misleading or deceptive. The Australian hop industry is fortunate to be free from any damaging pests and diseases that affect hop production overseas. 
We adhere to an approved list of agrochemicals in accordance with safe storage and handling procedures. We also have a, an approved list of food grade grease and lubricants that are used on any, any machinery that comes into contact with our, hop, with our hops. Each season we analyse our hops for agrochemicals and heavy metals. Our agrochemical analysis are performed by Agrifood Technology who test for 265 agrochemicals. Agri-food technology are approved by the National Association of Testing Authority, or NATA, and are ISO 9001 certified. We analyse one sample for every 40 tonnes of hops, ensuring all varieties and growing regions are represented. Our heavy metal analysis are performed by a NATA accredited lab, who test five random samples representing each growing region for arsenic, lead, cadmium, mercury, nickel, copper, iron, selenium, chromium and cobalt. Our hops do not go out to the brewers until the results come back. If MRL or heavy metal analysis come back above the accepted levels, the affected hops are isolated, we retest the original sample to confirm the result and take further samples to ascertain the extent of the issue. We are able to trace the use of agrochemicals using our paddock log records. Our paddock logs provide complete traceability traceability that goes all the way back to which garden they came from, the specific batch of agricultural chemicals they were sprayed with, as well as the machinery that was used for application. In 2020, no agricultural chemical residues or heavy metals were detected above the global best practice maximum residue limits MRLs. Make sure our systems are working correctly. We conduct internal audits of our quality management system, processes and procedures every year. We are subject to external audits by Kosher Australia SGS Australia during our annual ISO 9001 HACCP certification. We also complete 10 to 12 desk audits for various customers per year. We were audited by Lion in 2020 and CUB in 2019. We have also been audited by Kieran and Heineken in the past. I'll now hand you over to George to discuss some of our other quality innovations. Thanks, Peter. Here at HBA, it's our mission to deliver the highest possible quality with the lowest possible variance in flavour. But the way brewers use hops has evolved over the years and we're still discovering the quirks of newer hopping regimes. By constantly reviewing our nutrient regime, water management and harvest timing to maximise hop flavour in beer, there's a fine line between the accumulation of big thiols and small thiols, which means the shift between fruity and onion garlic flavours can happen quickly. The popularity of Galaxy means that we're currently pushing the boundaries on late harvest, so we're working harder than ever to tighten up our processes as much as possible. We're now using NIR analysis to tighten our harvest windows by obtaining more information per sample, and we have been conducting more in-house brewing trials to improve our understanding of how each hop performs in a range of beer styles. HBA's in-house brewing trials will help us offer valuable technical advice to brewers. In order to preserve impact in beer, we seal our hops in oxygen barrier laminated foil pouches that have been back flush with carbon dioxide. Unopened foils will last up to three years in storage at temperatures of one to five degrees Celsius. We have observed that storage stability varies from variety to variety and that once a foil is opened, the oxidization of alpha acids begins almost immediately. Each hop has different levels of natural antioxidants and varying susceptibility to oxidation. While this can cause them to lose quality faster, even under identical storage conditions, but we do know that not every foil will be used in its entirety as soon as it's opened. Once oxidation commences, the more volatile oils, such as myrcene, are rapidly lost, and the higher the temperature, the more they will degrade. Additionally, hops exposed to high levels of UV light can produce off or cheesy flavours in beer. 
There are some simple and cost-effective steps that brewers can take to keep their hops fresh and their beers consistent. Step 1 is to refrigerate hops in storage temperatures of 1 to 5 degrees Celsius. Hops exposed to high temperatures can rapidly degrade, and this degradation can be reduced by half for every 15 degrees Celsius drop in temperature. The compact shape of hop pellets keeps out a lot of the oxygen and allows them to be easily vacuum packed in order to slow the loss of alpha acids and oils. They can also take up less storage space, making it more practical to keep them in the fridge. Step two is to reseal open foils. We recommend the use of a commercial chamber vacuum sealer. Two key features a brewer should look for in a vacuum sealer are the ability to comfortably hold a five kilogram foil and a pre-installed inert gas back flushing capability or the option to fit a separate gas back flushing kit. These devices typically start at around $5,000 Australian when brand new, but you can often source them secondhand from restaurants. They are a particularly good investment for those with brew pubs as it can be used in both the brewery and the kitchen. Ideally, brewers should reseal the original foils to retain the benefits of the oxygen barrier. Hops in resealed foils should last up to two months depending on the variety and overall exposure to oxygen. We would say the next best thing is a commercial grade vacuum bag. If vacuum sealing is not an option, brewers should simply squeeze all oxygen out of the foil and then wrap and tape it as tightly as possible to eliminate the presence of oxygen. Ideally, once a foil has been opened, the hop should be used within a few days to minimise the loss of alpha acids and oils and maximise impact in beer. Finally, step three, date and timestamp open foils. Again, it is worth re-mentioning that hops resealed in their foil last up to two months. If hops are not resealed in their foils, Brewers should label them with their variety, lock code, crop year, alpha acid percentage and weight to help determine their expected impact in beer at the time of use. Thanks for being part of this session. Now we're going to head straight into a live Q&A with Nathan Cowman from James Bogue. G'day. Thanks again for joining us for a tour around our quality systems. We uh, seek to have this integrated, vertically integrated quality system to make sure that we, this team and our on-farm team, can deliver you, uh, the brewer, the highest quality hops that we can. Again, very fortunate to be joined by Simon and Pete today and Nathan Cowman up at the Bogues Brewery in Launceston. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, mate. Great to be here, Roger. Mate, I really appreciate, uh, first of all, right from the top, really appreciate how much time you've made available for us to join us on farm and, and now for the uh, live Q&A chat here. Nathan's been working for Lions since 2007 and has uh, had quite a, a journey um, and, and for me a fascinating uh, series of roles in the Lion organisation, coming in as uh, part of the uh, innovation and NPD team spinning off into uh, production um, at uh, Tui's, one of the, one of the big line breweries here in Australia before moving down to the Jay Bogan Sun Brewery in our home state of Tasmania, which has gone through a number of changes, Nathan, and um, you've uh, you've held a number of roles right in the brewing stream there in, and in lean manufacturing, and now actually heading the team up as brewery manager, so encompassing quite a range of uh, you know, plant equipment, uh, logistics, uh, site management, as well as uh, oversight of the brewing operations. Is that is that a fair and accurate description of your quite wide remit in your current yeah. role? Yeah, definitely, Ojo. It's pretty broad these days. But, um, <laughs> still have brewing at heart. Yes, uh, I I, uh, I hear you. Um, 
and uh, I don't know, it's probably only meaningful to me, but uh, very early in my beer journey, one of my one of my light bulb beers was was Bogues Premium. Uh, you know, probably probably still the flagship beer produced there at the Bogues Brewery, and, and still uh, still going strong today, many years after after enlightening me to the joys of beer. Well, good to hear. Uh, so you've met Pete uh, in in our in our videos. Um, Pete uh, is quality and inventory manager here at HPA. Talking about background, a journey a journey through uh, an ag science uh, background and and into our farms um, in our northeast Victorian operations uh, very early on in the early nineties. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> in the early nineties. <laughs> um, and and basically has followed a career in a in the hop industry in this company in its different forms, um, and uh, has been in in a role here in headquarters now for since two thousand and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So been in Hobart for that long. Yeah, that is that is fantastic. So being with being with HBA for over thirty years, uh, lending his expertise and his experience to to some great outcomes. So thanks uh, thanks for making yourself available. It is it is the middle of harvest, and these guys both have. Um, actual on-farm responsibilities and roles. So I'm deeply appreciative of you, you guys making time for us. Thanks, Ojo. Uh, and now, Simon, you've met uh, in previous iterations, um, famous from such videos as uh, <laughs> Let's Meet Eclipse <laughs> and Welcome to the Breeding Program. Please check him out as Simon shares a bit more of his in-depth knowledge of those topics that are close to our heart. Uh, Simon has... Um, uh, a background in uh, agricultural science and holds a PhD in uh, quantitative uh, plant genetics. Um, has been with the company since 2007 and uh, leading up our breeding program and um, is our, our go-to for all things hop science and uh, our expert in hop breeding. So thank you, mate. Thanks, OJ. First though, um, you were, uh, we're going to give you a little bit more insight into our, into our program uh, and uh, Simon, uh, in, in, in George's absence, yeah. <laughs> so George, uh, we've had a late change to the lineup today. Uh, George and his family have welcomed a new addition. So Simon's, uh, Simon's on the hook for this. Substitute today. Yep, substitute <laughs> in. Now, in the video, George speaks to quite a high throughput uh, through the labs. Um, roughly, just recap for us again, roughly how many tests and results does that lead to? Yeah, so I think uh, across all of our production sites, it tallies up to about three and a half thousand sample individual samples in the production system every year. And I think the maths it maths out as like sixty thousand individual measurements taken across those three and a half thousand samples. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> that's across those those uh, pre-harvest and, and in-harvest variables that we we value dry matter, uh, cone weights, uh, oil oils. content. Um, yeah, dry matter, cone weight, oil content in the pre-harvest, then moisture and uh, oil content and uh, alpha acid, beta acid accumulation, yep. hop storage index uh, in all of the processed products, mm -hmm. so bales and pellets. Yeah, yeah. And so those, uh, you know, in terms of decision-making, we rub those five or six variables together in pursuit of that, uh, that picking window optimal quality. Yes, yeah. So we, we um, use it to manage the, the sequence of paddocks to get uh, the optimal, um, you know, try, try and hit the targets for each individual paddock as best we can. 
and then obviously a heavy reliance upon the information on the process product to to manage the uh, blending within varieties yeah and that just uh, i guess we're a little off topic perhaps but that decision on um harvest window and paddock sequence and things like that it's a collaborative decision between <laughs> Quality. Yeah, yep. yeah. There's a few of us to get yep. in on that one. Yep. Um, yep. There's, you know, necessarily so. There's often a little bit of angst about it too, because you've got um, competing interests, if you like. There's mm -hmm. the pure logistics of farm operations. You know, some things are easier to do mm -hmm. than others, mm -hmm. um, and you know, so the best outcome that welcomes different opinions. Mm. So yes, exactly. You've got you've got considerations about operational issues like labour force management, uh, the rate at which a farm manager can get across the ground yeah. and execute a harvest window yeah. through to the quality That's concerns, right. um, yeah, the adherence to issues, uh, you know, uh, quality systems-based issues, like whether there's any withholding periods, et cetera. Definitely. Then the laboratory-based guidance <laughs> or information that we all feed in yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's yeah. not a really hard fixed sort of decision matrix. Mm, uh, mm, it's mm. not something that's terribly amenable to mm. that. But yeah. yeah, there's lots of people involved in trying to massage that into the right shape. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So moving, just moving on from, from that, um, we're in the middle of, uh, of, of, or coming to the tail end of quite an aggressive expansion in our own production base. Um, have there been any changes in lab methodology to assist in quality as we expand? Yeah, the, the biggest one, and it was really the reason why George came to business at HPA um, a few years ago, we decided that we needed to increase our analytical capacity for, to improve our, our production control from, from bale product, uh, particularly targeting oil content for blending. Um, so we committed to developing um, indirect analysis through near-infrared technologies um, and George came to the business really with a remit to do the work, to do the fundamental work to develop the models that would allow us to do that and he's been with us since then. I uh, worked with a company in New Zealand called Segito and we now have the capability to analyse um, AHOP sample and get um, ASBC spectro, alpha acids, beta acids, hop storage index, moisture content and oil content from a single scan Wow. In about three minutes. Wow. So mm -hmm. from, from one sample prep, yep. yeah. three minutes later, you can have that amount of mm -hmm. uh, data behind those variables. Yeah. Yeah. And a normal uh, industry standard mm -hmm. um, essential oil determination would normally take three and a half to four hours. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, just guess for the audience as well, the model is, is um, a series of correlations between NIR information backed by wet chemistry actual distillations and and correlating those yeah there's some fancy maths that yep. take the the spectral um profile of the sample mm -hmm. and relate that to the analytical data of the hops over i can't remember the number of samples there are in the model system now but it's you know we're coming up to four years worth of data fabulous in in that system as soon as simon says fancy maths <laughs> my eyes just froze. that's it <laughs> so tell me uh, again, uh, going back into your original answer of the motivations for moving to NIR was about oil. How, why is, why is our understanding of oil um, driving our assessment of our quality? So it's that um, insight around that there is variability in oil content, both um, within or within a field between different fields and at different times across harvest. 
Uh, we, we obviously understand the, well, to some extent, we understand the variability within our varieties and the desire to produce a better, a more consistent um, pellet product. And to do that, we really needed to understand what the oil content in the bales flowing through the system was. And with a four-hour distillation, producing, um, well, you know, each site we produce about 18 bales an hour mm. on two 10-hour shifts a day. So it's mm. a lot of bales coming through the system and you just cannot keep up with mm. traditional yeah. distillation methods. Yeah. You'd have a whole hall filled with distillation kit just to try and keep And still up. getting nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, oil... Uh, management of our oil in the finished product is, is all about that seeking to present uh, consistent, high-quality um, hops that do what we say they're going to do, that that performance, that uh, fulfilling the promise of impacted flavour. So managing our oil levels across, as Simon says, across a variability in the agricultural outputs is paramount to guaranteeing or ensuring mm-hmm. that we can have an impact in a brewer's beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, I guess one of the things that I think is quite cool about that is that all of a sudden that puts pressure on our agriculture and horticulture to deliver a higher base level, um, which I think, you know, it's a fascinating challenge. You bring mm. this technology and you don't really know what it's going to do to the business. Yes, beware the questions you ask. Absolutely. But it is also about HPA acknowledging that it's incumbent upon us mm. to look after the brewers in that way, challenge our agriculture to put out uh, a high-quality base, yeah. Challenge our systems, analytical and inventory mm. systems, and production methodology yeah. systems, to fulfil that promise to deliver highest possible average oil, lowest possible variance in oil yeah. across an entire crop. Yeah, you know that's, we, a, that's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, and if we don't have the information, we don't mm. know mm, that we've right. got to do it. So, and this this introduction of this technology has given us that edge on insight over what we previously had. Definitely, mm. a huge amount. Mm. Yeah. So, Pete, uh, the you know your top of mind answer. We will, with the introduction of NIR, we will get higher average, lower variance in the finished lot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it enables us to do a very fast blending. We're mm-hmm. able to get data very quickly. Um, and it, it just helps all down the line, right through the processing system. So, so, so the capture of NIR uh, we've seen at the bale press that. That is literally effectively live loaded into yep. the database. Yep. You guys can see that information. Yep. Uh, this was not previously available to us. No. Yep. No, it used to be one to two hours before you got anything. Now mm. I'm getting it within one or two minutes. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 All right, Pete. Well, uh, in the unlikely event that a brewer happens to get, uh, <laughs> to, get to get a problem and we field a quality orientated complaint, mm-hmm. what's the process? Where do we go? Well, we take all complaints really seriously. So we have a, a quality management system and we record the complaints. So we'll get all the details from the brewer of exactly what is the issue, what's the problem. Um, we then have a system where we're able to trace back right through the process. Um, we have a lot number system on each of the bales, um, which gives us, uh, we can get back to information like what was the alpha acid, what was the, the, um, the moisture, um, we can even trace right back to the um, paddock where the hops actually came from. We can look at what was applied to that paddock. So we can look at what chemicals were applied, what fertilisers were applied. 
it enables us to be sort of like in private investigators and get right into it and get right into the information so that we can sort of find where the issue has gone, where the problem is, and then we can feed back to the brewer uh, what we're going to do to fix the problem. Um, so going forward, we have a better quality product. We're quite brave, I would say, about our investigations and feeding back mm -hmm. in our quality loop. So, you know, a brewer, a brewer that makes a quality complaint, um, you know, they can have faith in us um, to adequately investigate it. Oh, and, definitely. And, definitely. I mean, and it's, and it's why Nathan's joining us in, in, in this way, because, uh, you know, the door is open to um, customer audit. Yeah. Um, you know, well, gee, I don't know. Feels like feels like uh, almost every week through harvest, someone in in other times. It's a bit limited this year, but mm. um, someone's auditing us. Yep. Whether it's, it's uh, yeah. whether it's uh, uh, our ISO audits or our kosher audits. Or, yep. Mm, yep. Or no, audits. we're actually being audited tomorrow. Is that <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which which one is that? SGS. Yeah. So that's yeah. pursuant to our uh, ISO. Oh, nine thousand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, can you can you give me an example where um, a quality complaint has come in and it's and it has led to a change in the way we um, manage our systems yep. or our outputs or our information? Yep, um, we had a complaint from a brewer who was pulling the foil out of the carton and was placing the foils around the brewery and then went back to look at it and go, hang on, I don't know what variety that mm -hmm. is, don't know what property it is. There was no information on the foil. We had all the information on the label. So that complaint came through from the brewer saying, I don't know what variety I'm putting in my mm. beer. So we took that information on board and we now print crop year variety on every single foil we foil. produce. And, you know, I kind of appreciate that because it's a simple example, but it, but for me it's about listening and about, um, you know, being prepared to adjust our, uh, our you know, some somewhat older systems on older yes. infrastructure, yes. like, yep. to be honest. And... Um, I would say, uh, you know, another example might be, um, you know, pellet density and uniformity and, and the application in the brewery and dry hopping situations. Mm. We listen to feedback about performance from brewers and whatever their needs are. And then we go back to our, um, you know, inside our lines and have a look at how we can address those. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Simon, just uh, just a question from the audience, actually. Um, back onto NIR for two seconds. Can you can you talk to us about accuracy? Uh, we talk about correlation between um, the wet chemistry mm -hmm. side and and correlating it to build the model. Yeah. Can can you can you comment about accuracy against that? Uh, so, at several levels, yeah. So we, we obviously have from the data science team at Segito, we have their very precise statistical accuracies um, for each of the, so we have a different model for each measurement, obviously. Um, we have those, we know where they sit, but we also have our lived experience, if you like. And it's taken us, um, we gave ourselves a year of gathering data, build the initial models. Um, and then we then the sort of concept when we went in was that we would have it running in the background on one site in year two, and then in year three, we would be able to use it and after year three we could make a decision about committing going forward but the system um proved to be so useful you know, we were so hungry for that in information on that timeline that it kind of got ahead of that three-year time frame and the potentially in year three the models were a little green um and the the problem with the accuracy at that point was the range of 
variability in the reference data that we had supplied to build the model. So for moisture, for example, to get accurate prediction across the range of moistures that we see in our bales, we needed to have uh, good analyses of lots of samples that were a lot lower and mm. a lot higher than the working range that we saw. Yeah, I see. So, so even we, though you we, want to operate here, you need a model that's this, that's this considerably broad. broader than mm. that. And it took us so we had it applied out there mm. and we're trying to use it. Mm. Um, and it took us a little while to catch up with that mm. range mm. of good, accurate reference data feeding into the model, yeah. um, which we have now. So um, yeah, we, we now have a reasonably accurate model um, that across the working range that we like to work in, in most of those variables. For, uh, for something like alpha, like uh, clearly we only grow a certain set of varieties. Yep. Their alpha range is typically quite high in the global scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Does does it apply for alpha as well? You know, we don't have hops in the European, you know, five and under percent alpha range. Is that is that has that been troublesome in our model? Uh, <laughs> um, given that we don't come across those hops that often, um, not for us necessarily, mm -hmm. but we've been sure. really really sure to gather up samples mm -hmm. from around the world. Um, obviously, uh, different. Lots of different crop years are in there, so we, we can go and pull samples from 2017 or 2015 if we combine them and analyze mm. them now, so mm. they contribute. Um, we've had a bit of a bit of assistance from um, our Crops, partners yeah. within Bath Haas Group <coughs> as well, so mm. to get some European and North American mm. information mm. in. Um, so while I can't speak directly mm. to having to use the system on, you know, a European aroma hop in a production context, yeah. um, what we see when we run that type of sample is that the performance is good enough for yeah. the process control job that we want to, to do. And I guess I guess one last question on behalf of the brewer, um, if I can extrapolate, is um, do you, you, you're relying on the NIR, do you then back check with traditional mm -hmm. methods to make sure that that lot that I'm going to get yep. um, is accurate. So for our internal um, process controls to our bale monitoring, mm -hmm. we back up every live mm -hmm. instantaneous NIR analysis with an up and moisture, for example. Yes, moisture is the critical one for us in terms in of stability and runnability sure. and things like that. Sure. So every sample is still going through the oven. Yeah. Okay. And that's just a, an insurance position for us. And is it the same, Peter, on um, finished pellet block codes? So when a label goes on the box and the COA has this much out from this much oil, yeah. the NIR model is corroborated. Yes. Uh, well, it works the other way. Right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So right. we're still using yeah. ASBC spectrum mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. solvent extraction yeah. for labeling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but um, for the labels, we use the traditional methods, mm -hmm. but we're backing up for the NIR. Yeah. So. And the, yeah. I mean, this is probably you might not have this number in your head, but for that finished lot, NIR oil versus um, ASBC spectro oil. Oh, oil's distillation, so. Sorry, uh, so, alpha. Yeah. Um, uh, is there an R squared there? Can you say like our correlation is 0.92, it's, 0.98? Um, it's a little bit different depending on which, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so alpha is very strong. It's 9697, mm -hmm. maybe even mm -hmm. higher. Mm -hmm. um, Beta's a little weaker because mm -hmm. we haven't actively worked on mm -hmm. the beta model too much. Well, for finished labeling, it's no, uh, so, yeah. and we haven't 
you know, we've obviously focused on alpha and oil mm. in that range of samples mm. that we've fed in. We mm. haven't done that for beta, so we haven't tried to give it, you know, it hasn't, hasn't been an emphasis mm. for us. Um, the oil content is really, really good um, and getting better, given that it takes so long to get the reference data for oils, the, there's not as many samples in that model, so that's getting sort of stronger. Moisture is pretty good too. By the day, yeah. and we work really, really, really hard on moisture. Mm. That is on the critical process. That's control. excellent. Yeah. So uh, I guess from the conversation, you can see we we are still approaching an IR as, a, as an in-house production management uh, tool primarily. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, And we continue to uh, increase the data set, uh, increase the strength of the models, um, and mm. and build our reliance and and uh, and uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, the other. So just occurred to me then, mm -hmm. the other thing that's just, it, that comes with it. So we're, we're getting all this information on a much, much more usable timeline than you would normally get. But we've also, so those samples, those process samples and bales used to be um, a huge proportion of our solvent work through the labs. Um, and, and the result has been that we have gone from about 600 litres of solvent through the labs per site per year to 60. Mm -hmm. Not that much. So the only solvent work that we're doing now are our check samples and our pellets and the odd um, paddock or bale sample. Yeah, which is which is fantastic to, news to for, check. Um, for uh, you know, a sustainability aspect. Oh, and, 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 and so, yeah, yeah, it's like just great not yeah. having that stuff on site. Mm. Uh, Nathan, thanks for sitting tight there, mate. Over to, over, to, over to you now, mate. I appreciate it. It's early in the morning. Hope you've got a coffee there. Um, look, I I can only imagine that quality is um, a, a significantly high priority at the brewery. Um, when you're when you're dealing with suppliers uh, and appointing supply partners, are there specific uh, certifications and raw material suppliers need to have before they can work in effectively with you? Yeah, no, there's there's probably a couple of external ones that we look for. So, um, yeah, Pete mentioned, you know, the ISO 9000 series uh, um, of certification. So that's around, you know, your quality system. That's obviously really, really important for us and, a, and, and what we look for. But, um, yeah, secondary to that is probably your food safety or, or HACCP certification, um, which I know you also have. Um, Probably thirdly to that, though, we also um, run our own um, approved supplier or internal audit schedule of suppliers, which, you know, you guys are accredited for. So typically that means we'll, we'll come and spend some time with you every few years. And um, during those audits, you know, we want to have a bit more of a, a deeper look around, you know, some of the other systems that you have in place on site that ensure, you know, the quality of what you're doing. So things like having, you know, really strong, good manufacturing practices in your plant and equipment, having good pest control um, systems, um, along with a lot of other things that, you know, ultimately give us a level of comfort around the quality of what, you know, you send us on a regular basis. And so in terms of um, manufacturing, uh, quality manufacturing practice, is this things like food grade lubes in the, in the machinery and hydraulics and things like this? Yeah, things like that, um, right down to, you know, as you move through the plant, how do you sort of limit human contact in the kilning area? So I know that you've got quite mm -hmm. strict rules during that process around, you know, having limited number of people come into the 
you know, the kilning area where, um, you know, contamination of, you know, your, um, you know, kilned hops can occur. So um, that's probably a classic yeah. example of where, you know, that system adds value to um, the end user. Great, and this is a supplier assessment is on a, um, off the top of my head, a two or three year rolling basis for line to come on site at HPA. We, and you know, we've been, we've been supplying hops um, into the Tui's, Castlemaine Perkins, you know, Lion group since before HPA was HPA, right? So <laughs> we've been working together for a long, long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, typically, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll often try and um, come through every year just to have a look at the general quality of the hop and how the harvest is progressing and, you know, maintain those relationships with the team you've got there. But, um, yeah, the certification side of things is typically on a two or a three-year sort of cycle. The formal, the formal two or three-year thing aside, are you able to harness the... Um the on-site visits, uh, if it's just a more sort of industrial tourism perspective without the formality of audit, your team members coming on our farms quite regularly on both sites every year. Does that feed into your systems? Are you able to capture those experiences? Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a few elements there. So it always builds our brewers' capability. Um, I think we're pretty lucky here in Tassie that um, you can go and visit a, a hop farm by jumping in the car and driving for an hour mm -hmm. or two. Um, but, you know, we look at our other sites all over the, the mainland Australia region to actually build capability into those developing brewers and their understanding of, you know, you know, what does a hop farm look like? How does it function? You know, what are the different constraints that might impact on a crop year and the quality of what you produce? Mm. So, um, yeah, often when we do bring people through, you know, the, the quality expectations that we'd have of your systems are the same quality expectations we have of ourselves so often we might come through and see something that you guys are doing really well and, and take that away as a learning or we might see something that can help you and the rest of your customers so absolutely yeah it's always and i think it's it's a really important two-way street there as well mm -hmm. and, and i mean like frankly we we love having uh you know the really high quality and lots of horsepower behind um you know your audits and other customer audits uh, because we we do get quite a bit of learning out of it. We do. Um, so we're always open for mm. it. I guess the other part of the on-farm experience for um, outside the formal audit piece, the other uh, takeaway from on-farm experience is, is, you know, our conversations are about these quality elements, about oil and alpha and how the growing of hops influences these things. And when the brewer finally gets that story on, on a COA, uh, you know, I feel like, um, I feel like the COA... Uh, tells a story about those hops. It summarises that key information. Are there any particular analysis you find yourself referring to uh, regularly, so that so that you can harness these hops for whatever purpose they are uh, in your brewery? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think you know it probably comes down a little bit to the variety that you're using and its and its purpose in a brand. So you know, if we were producing a you know a classic Australian you know, a draft lager, for example, um, where, you know, we're adding varieties like Super Pride for, you know, its bittering characteristics. We'd be looking at that COA around, you know, what is the alpha content um, and how consistent is that alpha content across a crop year, for example. But if we were making 
um, a different style of beer where we're using different varieties like, you know, your Galaxy or Ella, um, you know, we would then be probably more interested in the oil content so that, yeah, we can produce, you know, a product that has a consistent level of, you know, that variety's hop aroma. So, yeah, there's definitely a few different things there that, that we look at depending on, you know, the variety's purpose in the brand. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it is, um, you know, I, I think it's the reason why which we we seek to improve, uh, you know, performance mm -hmm. on farm and seek to present meaningful information to brewers. And it is our alignment on production of quality hops mm -hmm. from this team so that so that you guys can go and work your magic and make uh, that consistent high quality product. Um, and the COA is an important piece, um, including, as Pete talked to earlier, that lot code demonstrated. It's very important. Um, mm -hmm allowing us to dovetailing with your needs and our needs and mm. be able to help you guys make, make the most consistent beer you can. Um, we've, we've actually taken another question. Um, it's uh, back to you guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so the question relates to um, our foreign oil loss between bale and pellet. First of all, yeah, first of all, um, contextualise that step but then, uh, you know, bring it back to how we're watching that and managing that. Okay. Do you want that? Do you want <laughs> I can do it. Yes. <laughs> we do pre-harvest oil testing. We do pre-harvest alpha testing. We also test the, uh, the bales. Um, we test in the conditioning sheds. Um, we're testing all the way through our process right through to the pellets. So, and we are watching... The, the loss as it goes through the system because there is a loss. Um, we we try and actively reduce the handling of the hops so that we because any every time you handle hops they do lose alpha acid and, and oil etc. Um, we're constantly right through the whole process looking at all things like temperature, uh, what's the temperature of the um, the conditioning area, the temperature of the bales. Um, so. Uh, it's quite an important part of our process that we we test all the way through and we actually then report at the end of our season. We look at how our losses have been, how can we improve for the next year as well. And and the monitoring now with the introduction of NIR, the monitoring of bail uh, yeah. is with NIR, sorry? Yeah, uh, yeah. well, that's that's the, the... It's the most efficient method we yes. have mm -hmm. by, by a long shot. Um, the other one, we, we look at bales outbound, you know, bales at the press, Mm -hmm. And we also look at them when they come back into the pellet plant yeah. before that. So we're, we're gathering yeah. data along the way now. Mm -hmm. And the other thing we're doing also is we're trying to get our product to the cool stores as quickly as possible. Yeah. So the time from baling to cool store or from baling to pelleting, we're actively working mm -hmm. hard to keep that down. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to have them no more than, say, five to six days after pressing before it either gets to a cool mm -hmm. store or to the pellet plant. Pellet. Uh, so, so loss between bale and pellet is, uh, is a reality. We've got a series of logistical and handling um, methodologies to minimise that. We are using our NIR to facilitate better data um, and monitoring of the, of the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And in terms of judging success, we do circle back on these post-harvest in quite a wide-ranging review of performance. And as Pete says, we actually have uh, metrics that we judge our own success against um, in relation to, say, um, timeliness, um, you know, and, and the effectiveness of our logistics and also that absolute, like, we have some expectations around what good management will lead to in terms of loss and mm. oil and alpha. And so we, we uh, take that 
very seriously. Obviously, it's um, on two issues. It's an economic proposition for us, alpha loss, you know, potentially back in those days, uh, certainly wave loss, but also about oil loss and bang for buck and impact in beer because that that is mission critical for us. So to, to reassure brewers out there, that, you know, this is a reality of, of processing hops from infield at this much uh, oil or whatever metric through the pellet, you know, there will be some loss, but we take it seriously enough to actually measure it and judge our performance and make changes where where we need to yeah so guys uh i'd like to wrap up on that note and um and and a, and a big shout out to nathan thank you mate i really appreciate uh you joining us today and giving us a little insight into um the quality parameters that are important in the brewery uh, and how you work with key suppliers you know such as ourselves uh and then and some insight into your audit process uh, and, and to you too, thank you again, uh, Middle of Harvest, making yourselves available to uh, assist assist me with having a great <laughs> chat about quality, okay? Uh, and it is, you know, it is a, a topic that's really close to our hearts here. Yep. Thanks, Ojo. Thank you. you can download a full transcript of this conversation with links to other information in the show notes to this episode. Brewery Pro content is presented by Brews News and is designed for the brewing industry professional. If you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover, email us at cheers at brewsnews.com.au. Thank you for listening.